Ever try a buckwheat pillow? They are nothing like those fluffy clouds that most of us are used to. You know that feeling when your pillow seems to betray you and it collapses under the weight of your head and no matter what you do, you can't fix it? Well, Hulo Pillow is here to change that. They sent me one and it's pretty unique. Even Rudy, my cat, likes it. And you can try it out too and get a discount with the code POWER. Hulo Pillow supports your head and neck, unlike those flimsy pillows that leave you feeling like you've been in a wrestling match all night. And forget about flipping to the cool side constantly. Hulo Pillow stays cool and dry, making sweaty nights a thing of your past. And you can customize your comfort. Add or remove the filling to get the perfect fit for you. Try it for 60 nights risk-free. And if it's not your jam, you just ship it back for a refund. So go to hulopillow.com power for up to $20 off per pillow when you buy multiple pillows, plus free shipping on every order. Again, that's Hulo. H-U-L-L-O pillow.com slash power. One of my biggest struggles in early sobriety was falling asleep. And even now, years in, sometimes my brain is just too active and too anxious to rest. This used to cause a lot of stress for me, but now I take Tanasi before bed and it helps me relax and get to sleep. My husband has even said that he has never seen me sleep deeper. As a former scientist, I appreciate Tanasi's commitment to science and research. They provided a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. This team of scientists discovered Tanasi's one-of-a-kind patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula. Studies show that it's twice as effective as CBD alone, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university to support ongoing research. If you're struggling with anxiety or trouble sleeping, then I encourage you to give Tanasi a try. It comes in a variety of different forms like lotions, soft gels, gummies, tinctures, and drink concentrates. I've been using the tincture before bed. Go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Tired of your gut feeling like it's been through more drama than a reality TV show? Say goodbye to the chaos and hello to a gut that's as peaceful as a zen garden with Symbiotic Plus from Ritual. Let's be real. Alcohol turns your gut into a wild roller coaster ride, leaving you feeling more queasy than thrilled. Say goodbye to the gut battles and inflammation wars. And with 25% off with the code POWER, this is a great excuse to give your gut the TLC that it deserves. So whether you're starting your day with a green smoothie or hitting up your favorite Starbucks for a coffee, make sure to add Symbiotic Plus to your daily routine. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. When I quit drinking, I thought that I could quit and then just move on with my life. But then all of these big emotions rushed in and it was shocking. I didn't consider myself a person that drank to cope either. I thought that I was drinking to have fun and socialize. So it didn't make sense that I had all of these big emotions all of a sudden. This is really common though, and even if you didn't consciously use it as a coping mechanism, it was a coping mechanism because it numbed and suppressed your emotions. 
In this episode, I will explain why our emotions become so intense when we quit drinking and common emotions that you may experience like anger, the pink cloud, lack of pleasure, and post-acute withdrawal syndrome or pause. So let's dig in. to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm your host, Jill, and today we're talking about emotions. So our emotional maturity basically stops once we start drinking regularly and develop a problem. And this is because we use alcohol to control the way that we feel so we never have to work through any of our problems or develop any skills. Plus, a major risk factor for developing alcohol use disorder is not having any coping skills. So we likely didn't start out knowing how to cope. I know for me, I couldn't deal with anything and I needed to find external things to manage the way that I was feeling. And eventually I discovered alcohol and it worked better than anything else I tried. So I stuck with that. Heavy drinking damages the brain and it messes with the emotion control areas of the brain. This prevents us from being able to use higher order abilities like self-regulation, motivation to change, interpersonal and social skills, and emotional insight and self-awareness. I released an episode recently on how dopamine impacts our level of motivation, so you can check that one out after this. On top of all of that, the brain goes through a lot of changes in early sobriety that actually makes our emotions even more heightened. A 2008 study published in Addictive Behaviors looked at emotion regulation and early abstinence for people with alcohol use disorder compared to social drinkers. People with AUD struggled with emotion regulation much more than social drinkers. Their main problems were being aware of what their emotions were and then controlling their impulses. So if you struggle to regulate your emotions, you may not even know what you are feeling. So then how can you know what set you off? And if your emotions always feel big and overwhelming and you don't know what they are, then you may have a lot of impulses on how to deal with them. And usually those impulses are for things like yelling at people, getting drunk, or emotional eating, or something else bad. After about a month of sobriety, people with alcohol use disorder significantly improved their ability to be aware of what they're feeling and why they're feeling that way but they still struggled with impulse control. And it's really important to know that the people in the study were in treatment for about a month, so they were receiving therapy and attending groups. They weren't just being sober by themselves in their houses. So with help and doing the work, they were able to improve their emotion regulation skills after a month. That doesn't mean that they completely fixed them. That means that they improved them. But if you don't get support, then this process can take much longer. So I recommend going to therapy with someone that specializes in helping people with alcohol use and joining my Living a Sober Power Life community for support and meetings and a safe space to share. And you can get info on that in the show notes if you're interested. So let's talk about the most common emotions that you might feel when you quit drinking. The first is anger. A lot of us feel angry when we quit drinking and most people don't expect it. I had so much rage and I could not understand what was going on with me. 
It was so bad that I couldn't even function sometimes because the rage was so intense. It took a lot of therapy, but I was able to learn to cope with my anger. I felt angry that I couldn't drink and other people could, that this happened to me, and that people just watched me blow up my life with alcohol and didn't try to help me. So I had a lot of resentments that I had to work through too. Through therapy, I learned that I started off as a really angry person and alcohol made my anger go away. So it made sense that it would return in sobriety because I had never dealt with the reasons that I was angry. A 2016 study found that angry people are more likely to struggle with alcohol use disorder and other mental health issues. They found that 80% of the participants with high levels of anger also had depression. And depression encourages us to drink to cope too because alcohol temporarily improves our mood. So it's a bad mixture. Anger is often described as pain's bodyguard. It's a secondary emotion that we feel instead of feeling the other emotions that come with it, which is usually pain. So someone or something hurts us, makes us feel powerless, disrespected, rejected, humiliated. And instead of feeling that pain, we get angry. And anger is so difficult because it can build on itself. So if you weren't able to express and deal with your anger in the past like I was, then it just keeps building as time goes on. And this is why anger can be so overwhelming and such a big trigger because the feeling gets more and more powerful the more we try to avoid our problems. It's very important to deal with your anger when you stop drinking. If we don't learn to process our anger, then we're going to constantly trigger ourselves and risk going backwards because we're going to be set off all the time from the people that we interact with and the situations that we're in. Anger is a big trigger for relapse because of how intense it is. I discussed how anger affects the body in episode 40 if you want to learn more about what's going on internally when you feel that early sobriety rage. Another common thing that you might experience emotionally in early sobriety is the pink cloud. So the pink cloud is when you quit drinking and you're super happy and excited about sobriety all the time. And this happens because when someone is inspired to quit drinking, it's probably because their life sucks from their drinking. And after quitting, you may observe some benefits right away. And that's really exciting and motivating. And even if you don't have benefits that fast, not disappointing yourself every day is exciting enough. That's its own high. Some people have a pink cloud, but other people don't. So if you don't get one, it's not that you're weird or there's something wrong with you. Plenty of people don't get one. I had a really big one. And the pink cloud is nice. It's great. It feels amazing. But falling off of it really sucks. So if you don't get a pink cloud, you're also missing the bad part at the end. Some of us will feel amazing and excitable right away when we quit drinking and other people will feel like crap in the beginning. So if you're in that second group, then just know you're not alone in that experience. And I discussed how long it takes to heal in episode 124. So try to remember that your body is healing and removing alcohol allows us to become aware of how we're feeling all the time. When we're hungover all the time, our baseline wellness is very low, but we don't really care because we get used to it. We think it's normal. When you get sober, you start to become more aware of how you feel. So this can be both good and bad, 
depending on what your situation is. Now I'm really sensitive to not sleeping. If I don't sleep well, then I feel hungover and I don't like that feeling. Where before I was sleeping like four hours a night because I had to stay awake hating myself for the other four hours and then I'd go about my day as normally as I could. So if you are on a pink cloud, then please enjoy it. Enjoy every moment of it because you'll eventually fall off. So what happened with me and what I've seen with other people is falling off the pink cloud is really sad and it's a vulnerable time for going back to drinking. I had to accept that I quit drinking all over again. And it's tough when the benefits even out and sobriety isn't exciting anymore. It makes us want to drink to enhance things and it can bring back feelings of boredom. Another common thing that you may experience is a lack of joy or everything feeling dull. So muted emotions. And this is one of the more unexpected experiences in sobriety. You might just feel really flat and not have any pleasure or joy in anything anymore. This will typically happen between two months to a year, and it can make you feel hopeless and like sobriety sucks and you'll never have fun ever again for the rest of your life. Lack of pleasure is a big trigger for relapse because we are used to using alcohol to cope with boredom and negative emotions. And it might make you want to use something else instead of alcohol that maybe is not as bad, but it's something else external to kind of control the way that you feel. Lack of pleasure is something that people with depression may also experience, and it has to do with dopamine. Natural rewards release a certain amount of dopamine, and dopamine helps us remember the pleasurable experience. I did a deep dive into everything about dopamine in episode 62, but dopamine is a motivational chemical that encourages us to seek out things that the brain believes are good for our survival. So the more dopamine that is released from the thing, the better the brain thinks that the thing is for us. Alcohol releases a massive amount of dopamine, way more than any natural reward. So after a while of drinking regularly, the brain adapts to all the extra dopamine because it wants to stay in balance and not have a ton of dopamine being released all the time. So it gets desensitized. And this is one reason why you need more alcohol to have the same effect over time. In sobriety, your brain still has all of these adaptations to its dopamine system, so it's still desensitized and it takes time for this to heal. So if you're feeling very flat, then I want you to understand that this is your reward system recalibrating and healing. Remember, I said that alcohol releases way more dopamine than any natural reward. So if your brain is desensitized to dopamine, so then the dopamine from alcohol has less of an impact, then natural rewards have even less of an impact than they normally would too. So that's why they might feel like, why bother doing this? This is stupid. So your brain gets used to the huge spikes and drops from alcohol, and natural rewards don't have that kind of impact. And when you're only exposed to natural rewards and sobriety, they don't seem great. But over time, and by not drinking alcohol or going to something else that's going to give you this massive unnatural boost of dopamine, your brain will heal and natural rewards will have the impact that they should. So this is why it's important not to try to replace alcohol with something else bad 
that's just not as bad because then your dopamine system is going to stay desensitized and natural rewards won't have the impact that we want them to have. Feeling flat can also be a symptom of pause or post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Pause symptoms are usually mood-related and psychological, and they can last for six months to two years, and I know that's like not a satisfying range, but these symptoms put you at risk for relapse because they're uncomfortable, and they'll trigger you to want to drink to cope. So this includes things like irritability and hostility, depression, anxiety, mood swings, low energy and fatigue, insomnia, disrupted focus, brain fog, low libido, cravings, and a lack of pleasure. I have an article on my website with more information, and I was recently on the Hello Someday podcast to discuss pause, so I'll link both of those for you in the show notes if you want more info. Even if it's not pause, it's really common to have anxiety, low mood, and disrupted sleep in early sobriety. When we quit drinking, we have a shift in how we process feelings and an exaggerated stress response. So in the first 90 days especially, small, normally insignificant things can cause huge negative feelings, cravings, and potentially relapse. So you may be experiencing low mood or lack of pleasure, and positive responses to pleasurable events are either much less than normal or like you don't respond to them at all. So this is why natural rewards might feel like a waste of time for you. So we have big negative mood shifts based on very minor experiences and positive experiences may not make us feel very good at all. So this is why getting support is key because all of that makes us vulnerable to drinking again. Some studies have even found that sober people in their first three months have an increased startle response compared to healthy controls. So things set us off easier than they should and our nervous system is all jacked up and everything is trying to heal and recalibrate. So if this gets frustrating for you, please try to remember that your brain is healing and learning how to take care of itself without alcohol manufacturing feelings. And you're also learning how to self-soothe, which is something that we didn't know how to do before, because if we did, we wouldn't have consumed a thousand pounds of alcohol. So when this feels hard, just try to remind yourself it's not permanent, this isn't how your life is going to be forever. And once you get through this stage, you never have to go through it ever again. The most important thing that you can do to support yourself is make sure that you're not doing it alone. So this could be going to therapy, meetings, coaching, or looking into treatment. You could also talk to your doctor about medication, whether that's things like naltrexone or an antidepressant if you're struggling with your mood. And I would love to support you inside my community. We have a few meetings a week and you can get more info on the times in the show notes. But overall, even if it doesn't feel that good right now, sobriety is so worth it. And even if you have a pink cloud right now, it just continues to get better and better. At over three years, I feel so much better than I did in that first year. But I thought that first year was pretty good. So if you are feeling good, just imagine how much better it can be. And if you're not feeling good, just remember this is not permanent. Your brain will recalibrate. You got this and I will talk to you next week.
Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.